0: Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we talk about the food that you put in your mouth, and everything else that nourishes you, or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. This week's episode is brought to you by my Goodbye Burnout Challenge. If you're a team leader, manager, or someone who wears an HR hat, join me for a five-week challenge that will help you activate five simple strategies to turn the burnout train around and get you back on track toward better health. And then I invite you to share those tools with your team. The challenge begins May 2nd, and the link to register is in the show notes. There was an article in the New York Times recently about how scientists have concluded the first long-term study of time-restricted eating, which is also known as intermittent fasting. And I'll put a link to the article in the show notes. They found that it doesn't really have any benefits. And I know the outcry is going to be huge on this, whether you're for it or against it. Should I try intermittent fasting? Does it work? As a health coach, I get this question a lot from clients and it reminds me of earlier questions that seem to have petered out such as, should I go keto? Should I be plant-based? What about low fat, low carb, no carb? The mere fact that I'm asked this so often makes it easy to dismiss intermittent fasting as yet another fad diet. And yet, we've seen it work wonderfully for some clients, not so much for others. So, what's my take on intermittent fasting? My disclaimer, first of all, I'm not an expert on this topic, and my reflections here are based solely on what I've read and heard on podcasts and observed in my friends, family, and clients who have tried it. First of all, what is it? What is intermittent fasting? There seem to be a lot of variations out there. Some only restrict your so-called eating window to six to eight hours per day, mostly on the theory that we don't give our digestive tracts and metabolisms the break they need to function at optimal levels. Other versions encourage a certain eating style and or calorie restriction during those hours. Frankly, when you're used to eating all day long, any restriction on that, whether it's time or calories, is going to help more people lose weight, all other factors being equal. I do caution clients that, like most eating style adherents, intermittent fasting proponents tend to ignore bioindividuality—a red flag if there ever was one for an integrative nutrition health coach. Bioindividuality is the concept that no two humans are alike. Your food might be my poison. Your kale, my kryptonite whether we're talking about the food you put in your mouth or anything else that nourishes you or doesn't. So have I seen intermittent fasting work? Yes, absolutely. Does it work for everyone? No. And remember that as with most diet and exercise trends, fasting seems to be tested on reference man. If you're not familiar with him, here's the definition from the medical dictionary a human being of statistically average size and physiology used in research models of nutrition, pharmacology, population, radiologic dosimetry, or toxicology. So if you dig deeper, you might find this information about reference man. First introduced in 1975, the reference man concept was initially devised to simplify calculations on radiation exposure although it went on to be used consistently in research models of nutrition, pharmacology, population, and toxicology. Intended to personify all of humanity, Reference Man was in fact defined in really specific terms. A 25 to 30 year old male weighing 154 pounds, standing five feet, six inches tall, Caucasian, with a Western European or North American lifestyle. So, if you're a five foot four, 135 pound woman of color, what on earth makes you think that you can handle the same amount of radiation or medication or protein or food restriction as reference men? Do I discourage clients from trying intermittent fasting? No. And I do encourage them to do what I'm always telling them to do start slowly and pay attention to how you feel. It may be a great way to jumpstart better health or weight loss. And in my small data pool, it doesn't seem to be sustainable in the long term. Women in particular seem to feel their best when they fast for 12 to 14 hours rather than the recommended 14 to 18. Although again, results vary. By the way, if you follow the common recommendation to avoid eating for three hours before lying down to sleep and you sleep for the generally recommended eight hours, you've already quote unquote fasted for 11 hours. Start your morning by eating an hour after rising, another common recommendation for the breakfast is the most important meal of the day proponents, and you've already hit 12 hours. Want to stretch it longer? Try not eating for four hours before bed or two hours after getting up. More importantly, if you want to lose weight and or improve your health markers, simply not eating between meals and or waiting until you're physically hungry seems to achieve much the same results for most people I've observed. So a final comment about intermittent fasting, now that I've mentioned physical hunger. Emotional eating can manifest as using food too much to suppress negative emotions. It can also show up as being overly controlling where food intake is concerned. If you are a calorie counter a recovering yo-yo dieter, or someone who becomes obsessed with rules and restrictions, intermittent fasting may not be such a great idea. When I work with clients who incessantly use the words control and manage, whether they're talking about food or lifestyle choices, I try to impress upon them that obsessing over when and how often they eat is often an attempt to bring some control to an area of their life that feels manageable, i.e. food, rather than dealing with the areas that feel out of control. I also encourage those testing out intermittent fasting to pay close attention to the impact it has on their primary foods. Things like their career, relationships, spiritual practice, physical activities, sleep, etc. Why? Well, if you take a look at the conclusion of the article that I used as a jumping off point for this episode, one of the, one of the uh, scientists is someone named Dr. Weiss, and he was previously an adherent to intermittent fasting. He was a proponent. He was firmly convinced that it worked for what he was trying to achieve. And he ends by saying he, quote, was persuaded by his own study and said the new data reinforced his conviction that time-restricted eating offers no benefit. I started eating breakfast, he said. My family says I'm a lot nicer. (laughs) So to sum it all up, in my completely non-professional opinion, intermittent fasting may be worth a try, but with the following caveats. Keep reference man in mind. That's number one. Keep reference man in mind. Results may vary, so be ready to find what works for you for now. Start really slowly and gradually ramp up, meaning grow that eating window, or rather decrease that eating window very slowly. Pay attention to how you feel as you ramp up physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and take your primary foods into consideration as well. If you're feeling great physically, but are snappish with your loved ones, like Dr. Weiss was, is it really worth it? The goal is finding your sweet spot, not competing with anyone else. Remember that intermittent fasting may be right for you right now. And don't become so invested in the label that you become unwilling to let it go when it no longer serves you. And finally, before you even start, take a hard look at whether you're trying it for the right reasons. Feeling in control of your food intake may be a way to avoid addressing some other issues. And if you're wondering about this emotional eating component, keep an eye out for my stewarding emotional eating challenge, which is coming up in a few months. Um, And if you want to know when that's happening, get on my email list. That link is also in the show notes. And there you have it. My thoughts about intermittent fasting, a hot topic right now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.